Frankly, I find it pretty offensive that someone who has spent literally decades come to order. in our public service has been suggested that he is not qualified to serve as the Commissioner for the OPP. That's what I find offensive. Speaker, what is shocking is that this minister just admitted that this, the hiring process was changed so that a certain someone, like the Premier's friend, would suddenly be able to qualify for this job. That is Opposition Leader Andrea Horvath and Sylvia Jones, the Community Safety and Correctional Services Minister, uh, kind of duking it out in question period, which was all about the hiring of the new boss of the OPP, which is Ron Tavener. And so Doug Ford under fire again. Not just, you know, he'll, he'll be under fire every single day. So let's just accept that for the next four years. Every single day there's going to be some kind of poop storm uh, but this poop storm is with the allegations that he hired this family friend to run the biggest cop shop in the province and interfered with the hiring process, you know, changing the criteria of who would qualify. So as much as, may, you know, people might be raising an eyebrow on, you know, the ethics of this, you know, is it okay? A lot of politics is being played. So how much is politics and how much is it of Doug Ford's doing? Let's ask. Adrian Batra is the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun. She also happens to be someone who is experienced uh, a lot in politics, so she would know what's going on behind the scenes, and she joins us now. Hello there. Great to be with you tonight, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Always good to have you because you've got a lot of good insights. So what do you see this as? Is this an actual ethics problem for the premier? Has he walked into this or is, in fact, this a politics? So I think it's actually a little bit of both. Um, a little from column A, a little from column B, as I like to often say. There is um, certainly questions swirling around this, and I think legitimate questions, but I think are easily explained um, by the office of the premier by uh, the, the process that which um, came forward. But I just actually want to step back for a second. This is um, a continuing concerted effort to ensure that this gov- the Ford government is not only undermined with everything that they're doing, there is going to be questions about everything that they're doing. Sure. So all I would say, and having an extraordinary amount and a very unique perspective, Alex, on the Ford in general, Sometimes they inflict a self-inflicted wound. Premier Ford could have potentially gone to the conflict of interest commissioner and said, listen, this is someone that our family has known for a very long time, which they have. That's not a secret. Um, There is ways that he could have sort of put a a wall around him. But by virtue of the premier's explanation today, I mean, I was satisfied with it. There was an independent sort of search committee. What isn't answered yet, though, and, and, and I think this is a legitimate question that we in the media can and should be asking, is when was the criterion changed? Mm-hmm. Midstream, was it changed at all? And, but, so that's a fair question. But forget that aspect of it. Who asked for the change? When was it asked? Right. When did it change? So as much as um, I think that there's an extraordinary amount of unfair hysteria around the Ford government, there's also legitimate questions if they come forward um, when we just dealt with and got rid of arguably the most politically corrupt government this country has ever seen, you would want the Ford government to um, act in an unimpeachable way. And I'm not suggesting that they haven't. What I am suggesting is that there are growing pains that they're going through and perhaps things that 
you know, broader things that they may not have considered. Right. And so therefore, look, I've said this before, they don't get the chances. They don't get the second, third, 20th chances that the Wynn or the McGuinty government and, got. And they Alex, will never get them. And, and they don't get held to the same standard. So that's right. also very important. Right. Fair enough. So then they should know better. They should know better that they cannot screw up. And so Doug Ford has admitted that he was in the cabinet meeting that appointed Ron, Ron Tavner. Um, is that going to be a problem? Well, I think based on what the premier said today in his scrum may prove to be problematic, but not necessarily. Uh, Look, they could have an integrity commission report. Government may get a slap on the wrist. But at the end of the day, Ron Tavner, who, by the way, is someone who I know as well. Someone who I worked with when when I was in the office of the mayor is not only eminently qualified for the job, but is respected by the rank and file in the in the Toronto Police Service and will be eminently respected by the OPP at, at large. He is a cop's cop, so to speak. Mm. He has been in the worst sort of scenarios that none of us would want to imagine. So I think what troubles me about this is a very good yeah. officer and a very good man who has served our, our city very well and dutifully, is now starting being being besmirched by something that is purely political. Yeah, that's what I don't like about it. You know, when 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 Andrea Horvath and she can she can have a legitimate concern, but you know, it, one of his buddies. It, it sounds like Ron Tavener, you know, was out in the uh, parking lot waiting to finish off his deal, and then uh, you know got hired in to, to run the cop. I mean, this guy's got fifty years. He's got intelligence and organized crime, uh, you know, specialties in his background. So even if uh, the premier meddled here, it's it's. And that wouldn't be okay, but it's not like he's brought in somebody who is not uh, qualified. And the reason I think he likes a guy like Tavner, A, is loyalty. He's big on loyalty, as you know. But B, um, Tavner speaks the language I think that Ford wants to hear, and that is going after gun crime. And I have a feeling he is the kind of guy that might want to take on those border issues and stop the smuggling. But even beyond uh, Alex him speaking the language that perhaps the Premier wants to hear, it's what Ontarians want to hear. We want secure borders. We want to be able to ensure that our communities are safe. Ron Tavner has had an extraordinary amount of success doing that at the local level. And why not take that to the provincial level? I I think we also want police who will police and not be frightened to do their job, which I think a lot of them have become frightened. And and they have. And if we even just go back to what we've seen at the municipal level, we've taken so many tools away from our local law enforcement that they are unable to dismantle these gangs. They're unable to do the street checks. They're unable um, to do their their job because of so many people asking for political correctness, for people asking for, for cops to have, you know, do their jobs with one hand tied behind their back. Mm-hmm. Doug Ford has been eminently clear. Not only was he clear throughout the campaign, he's been clear since he took the oath of office as Premier of Ontario that he is absolutely going to ensure that... Um, this province is going to be kept safe under his watch. And yes, there are still questions. That is a point of legitimacy. I do, however, believe that once this integrity commissioner, if there is one, a report is gone through, they will find that the premier in himself, the premier himself, Doug Ford, is unimpeachable on this file. Yeah, I mean, look, he's dealing at the municipal level with a, a, a politician who is very political and will not bring in any kind of in, you know, intelligence or surveillance to, to solve the gun crime and who truly believes that a handgun ban is going to do it. Doug Ford doesn't, and neither does Tavener. Tavener, the, the, he will be a heavier-handed officer, I think. Well, a handgun ban is, 
you know, a liberal talking point that a lot of them feel comfortable talking about because, you know, the public says, oh, well, yes, of course. Because it sounds good, yeah. Well, it sounds good, but it's not practical. It's not realistic. I mean, let's face it, handguns have not been legal in this country since the 60s. So, I mean, it's it's one of those um, feel-good things that uh, are talking points without any action. Doug Ford wants to be a premier of action, and so someone who will actually be able to facilitate that and execute is a man like Ron Tavner. And uh, again, uh, I mean, the, the notion of someone who has served so honorably and has served so well is being sucked into this political process. And that's not to say that the, that the office of the premier is not unimpeachable on this. They should have thought better of it because if we even step back a little further, and I know that you and I have not talked about it directly, but you certainly have talked about it on your show, there's a narrative that's being created that they have certain people in the government right now that are interfering perhaps where they shouldn't be, a little heavy-handed. Yep. But you, but I defy anybody to tell me that the liberals didn't operate in the same manner. Yes, the but on that they'll say, the yeah, but we voted is, them out. That's right. The right. challenge is uh, conservatives are held to a different standard. Yeah. But but again, getting back to your point, you know, today it's Tavener. Last week it was, what I mean, every day, like we saw with Rob, Ford, uh, and you were there because you were working behind the scenes, this is what we're starting to see, where every day is a hysteria, which is interrupting the message, which then keeps him on his feet, where he can't do his job. Right. But, you know, the Premier did the right thing today. He stood before the cameras. He answered as many questions as was reasonable because of the media all shutting over each other. But that's our job. Our job is to hold government accountable for our readers, our viewers, our listeners. Um, But uh, on the other side of this, I'm going to answer this question from being a former political staffer. The average Ontarian doesn't give a rat's rear end about who is appointed to what. What they care about, can they put food on their table? Can they afford a holiday? Maybe can they afford Christmas gifts for their children? Can they actually afford to heat their house versus eating, not making those choices? Can they go to downtown Toronto and not worry about being shot in broad daylight? That's what the average Ontarian cares about. You know, this inside the palace intrigue, Yes, it's a great story for us. It feels not really, not really, not really. I got to be honest. If I'm on the outside looking in, I'm going Toronto. Shut up and stop whining. Honestly, there's so much that has to be done. Quit your bitching. But Alex, you and I are not on the outside looking in. We we are afforded an opportunity to have, uh, you know, give a perspective that, frankly, I don't think a lot of Ontarians have heard or are are are, um, willing to hear. But I will only say this. This is an inside the Pink Palace story that will be a non-issue within the next 48 hours. Let's see. We will see, and then we'll have our next controversy that I'll call you up on. We'll uh, deal with that yeah. one on t- t- don't, Wednesday, don't, Thursday. Yeah. Don't don't save the tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rack it up for the next one. All right, Adrian. Thank you very much. Appreciate it always. Always a pleasure. Thank you. That is Adrian Batra. You hear her on 640 as a regular. She is, of course, the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun. But what makes Adrian very unique uh, is that she's got that political perspective where she knows what's going on strategically behind the scenes. Um, and so she can talk to this issue as to what might be going on. So let's see. See where the story takes us. And if it's a, if there's fire with this smoke, we'll follow it. But if it's all just smoke, it's going to be a long four years. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.